Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Ephesians, Who We Are and What We Do in Christ, and was preached on November 14th, 2021. Tomorrow in our country is a day called Veterans Day, a day in which we honor, remember, and thank God for those who have served our country. Romans 13, 7 says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And I want to thank God for those who have served our country. Because though it's popular today to kind of trash our country and point out all our flaws, I want to tell you, I love the fact that God has given me this country to live in. And I thank God for it. And we have that in large part because we have had men and women who have been willing to serve, even put their lives on the line, and some have lost, many have lost their lives. And so I want to honor you and thank God for you. So if you are a veteran, and I want you all to look around when they do this, if, if you're currently serving or have served in any of the armed forces of our country, I'd like to ask you to stand for just a moment. And men and women, we thank God for you, and we recognize and we realize that your service has given us this great country, and so we thank you. And I, I want to ask you all to take a moment or two to thank God for those who have served, and to thank God for our country. Honestly, I hear a whole lot more negative about our country than I do good, but I am incredibly thankful for this country and that God has allowed me to live here. So, thank God for those who have served, and thank God for this country. And let's spend a couple of minutes in prayer. Father, we thank you for our country. We thank you that you've given us freedom in many ways, especially this freedom that we are involved in this morning, the freedom to worship as we believe you want us to. And we thank you for that. And we are well aware 
that we have this free country because we have had multitudes of men and women who have been willing to set aside other things in their lives and serve you. And we give them honor and respect and we thank you for them. Now we're going to look into your word because we want to know in all ways how to follow Jesus and especially in this matter of raising children to follow you. It's a struggle. We need your help. We, we look at American culture and we see in many ways we're, we're kind of losing the children. We want that to change. And so we pray that you will guide us and teach us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So you continue to thank God for our country and then we'll continue to, to work to be followers of Jesus. And we are in the book of Ephesians and learning what it means to be a Jesus follower. And our passage today in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4, is on the Jesus way of parenting, the biblical way of parenting. And I want to start with a personal note. I feel inadequate to talk about parenting. People think I should be an expert because I have nine children. But having multiple children doesn't make it easier because each child is an individual. What worked with Tina did not work with Rebecca. And Kimberly and Melinda were from totally different molds. Angela, my fifth child, may be the most independent person, even as a child and definitely as an adult, that I have ever met. I'm still trying to figure out Maria. And then came the boys, two boys as different as possible, different as night and day. And finally, there's Larissa. She has eight older siblings, and so she's seen herself as an adult since she was about eight years old, and that has its own challenges as a parent. And now she is an adult, and she's talking marriage, and I am just not ready for that. This parenting thing for any of us is not easy. But the love is real, and I'd do anything for them, and I want the best for them. But since now all nine of my children are adults, I have to kind of back off a bit and let them make their own decisions while still offering love and stability and an example, and occasionally when they want it, some words of wisdom and occasionally even when they don't want it, some words of wisdom. And that's a whole different challenge from little ones. So I'm not an expert. The only experts on parenting I've ever met are the self-proclaimed ones who do not have children. <laughs> and they think it's easy, and it's not. Because once you're in it, you realize that parenting and doing it well is both the most glorious and important thing that you can do with your life and the most challenging thing that you will ever do. It brings more joy and pride than anything you can imagine, but with it comes times of frustration and pain and sleepless nights. It isn't easy. Honestly, the only easy part in the whole parenting thing 
for most people is the getting pregnant part. After that, the challenges come. I did the math this week. The average child uses somewhere between seven and 9,000 diapers by the time they are fully potty trained, which means Dawn and I have changed about 70,000 diapers. <laughs> We've dealt with just about every infection known to mankind. In our family, there's been broken knuckles, broken fingers, broken arms, broken collarbones, and broken legs. We've spent more money on doctors, medicines, clinics, and hospitals than I want to know. We've dealt with everything from lice to a daughter falling off a cliff to a major bout with cancer. We've been to more graduations. Kindergarten, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, and master's degrees than I had the time to count up this week. We've been on the giving of both spankings and hugs, sometimes one right after the other. <laughs> We've seen report cards full of A's and some report cards that my kids would rather I not mention. We've been both to award ceremonies in which our children were honored and some awkward meetings with teachers who said, we need to talk. There have been days as a parent in which I was on top of the world. And there were days, honestly, in which I cried out to God, I feel like I'm losing the battle. That's parenting. It is not easy. And it's not getting any easier because American culture isn't helping us much these days. Now, I'm not sure that it ever did, but the worlds of entertainment, sports, social media, politics, and trends in public morality and belief tend to fight against us rather than to help us in raising good and godly children. So we need a word from God. We need to know what God wants of both parents and children. And we need some encouragement that though the job is tough, we can do this. So for that, we turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And, and the first four verses of that chapter deal and focus on this all-important parent and child relationship. So let's stand together as we read this. It's short, to the point, but it's something we all need to be reminded of. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You may be seated. Short, powerful, to the point. But when you put it in its context, it gives us the Jesus way of parenting. So I want you to think deeply about what it means. And the outline I'm using today, I'm going to talk to you about the foundations, and then we talk to you about a word to children, and then a word to parents. And we're going to start with the foundations. And there are two foundations you and I need if we want to be good parents. If you want to parent well, 
pay particular attention not just to those verses, but to the foundation that came before it. So the two foundations of parenting, the first one, and I mentioned this last week because it's the foundation of a good husband-wife relationship, the first foundation of parenting is a Christ-like character. Now, take these verses out of context, and honestly, I've known some parents who have. Take these verses out of context and just insist that your children obey doesn't work. Ungodly parents cannot teach the proper way of obedience because they're not obedient to God themselves, and it doesn't work. And so we need what Paul has already taught us. He taught us who God is. He taught us who Jesus is. He taught us the gospel, that we are saved by grace through faith. He taught us to live like Jesus, love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, have compassion like Jesus, to have integrity like Jesus, to tell the truth like Jesus, to, have, to be the kind of person that Jesus is. And he taught us those things before he said a word about marriage or parenting. Because our character, who we are, has much more to being a good parent than what we do. Parenting, think about what it is. Parenting is the act of reproduction. Two human beings come together to create and raise another human being, and it bears, the child does, bears a remarkable resemblance to the originals in both the way they look and how they think and how they act. We're kind of like copy machines that turn out a remarkable copy of the original. Copy machines, reproduction does not improve the original. It doesn't fix the mistakes of the original. Copy machines reproduce the original. Parenting, generally speaking, reproduces the original. And so the only way to improve the copy is to change the original. We've got a budget business meeting coming up, and I'm, I'm, I made some mistake on, on the first printing, and so I had to go back and fix it, and then um, I got texted this week, oh, there's another mistake in the budget, and I wanted to just kind of cross things out and write it, but there's a hundred of them, um, and so I had to change the original and, and reprint. You understand what I'm saying? You, you want a good copy, you've got to change the original. If you want good kids, you need a good mom and dad. You want your kids to follow Jesus, mom and dad need to follow Jesus. The first foundation of parenting is the parent's Christ-like character. You cannot reproduce what you are not. And so the foundation, A, is Christ-like character. And the second foundation of parenting is a solid parental relationship, mom and dad. Now, I'm not putting down single parenting because I know some great ones but any single parent will tell you right off the bat what they already have realized, that their job is tougher than mine because God designed parenting as a two-person job. And like any two-person job, the two must work together in rhythm with each other, on the same page with each other, supporting each other, and with a common goal in mind. So the best parenting tip I can give you is to love your spouse. Conflict between mom and dad will be magnified, it will be exploited, it will cause confusion, 
it will cause instability. And so the very best tip I can give you, if you want to be a good parent, men, love your wives. Support your wives. Help your wives. And women, love your husbands. Support your husbands. Be on the same page with your husbands. If you need to do a lot of talking behind the scenes, do it behind the scenes. So you know, this is how we're going to handle this. This is what we're going to do. You and I are going to work together to raise our children. Because cracks in that will be magnified in your children. Now you work on these two foundations, a Christ-like character and a solid um, marriage relationship. And honestly, you're 90% of the way towards good parenting. Work hard to be a follower of Jesus. Mold yourself to be like Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to change your character. Don't resist what God is doing in your life. Allow Him to change you. Repent of your sins. Pray to God that you will be what God wants you to be. And I'm using a lot of different words to tell you, if you want to be a good dad and you want to be a good mom, it starts with who you are. And then it starts with a husband-wife relationship. So you work on those two things, and you're 90% there. Those are the foundations of a solid family. If you skimp on the foundations, the whole structure is going to be shaky. So those are the things you begin with. Before, you know, do you spank or not spank? How do you change a diaper? What do you do about naps? Do you, do you homeschool or, or private school or, or, or send them to public school? All the questions that parents have, they come and you need to deal with all of those and you need to deal with them with wisdom, but you got to start with the foundations. Men, you've got to be a man of God if you're going to be a dad. Women, you've got to be a woman of God if you're going to be a mom. And moms and dads, you got to work together. you got to love each other. Those are the ultimate foundations in raising children. And now to our text, in our text, that was Ephesians 1 through 5. And in chapter 6, he gives a word to children, and he gives a word to parents. Not all of us are parents, but all of us are children. And so he starts with children, and he gave children two commands, and the first is to obey. Now I want you to notice in verse 1 that Paul gave two things about obedience. It's not just obey your parents. He, he, he added two qualifiers. Obey your parents in the Lord. And he added, do so because this is right. So obey your parents in the Lord. It is part of your Christian character to obey. It's not just a mom and dad thing. It's not just a family thing. Part of the godliness of any man of God or any woman of God is to learn to obey. And so you learn obedience to your earthly parents as your first authority so you can later transfer that obedience to your ultimate authority figure, your wife. I mean, I mean, your God, your God. If you don't obey your parents, or you do what a lot of church kids do, you fake it. You know how to behave like, like, like a Christian in front of your parents, but, but you're something else otherwise. If you don't learn that obedience with your parents when you're young, your lack of obedience is going to roll over into your adult character. And you're going to have serious trouble obeying God. And then you're going to have to learn it the hard way. 
under God's discipline when you should have learned it under your parents' discipline. So you learn obedience while you're young. He also said to obey because this is right. <coughs> Think about that for a minute because he didn't say obey your parents because your parents are right. I'm a parent, but I admit that parents are not always right. But it's still right to obey them. Now let me throw something in because there's a lot of sick parents in the world. So I want to add this. If your parents are abusive, get help. That's not the time to just obey and do what an abusive mom and dad tell you to do. Go outside the family, turn to a pastor, turn to a church, turn to a teacher, turn to an authority figure, and get help. But unless what they are telling you to do violates God's commands, you obey your parents because this is right. And we need to learn to obey. We need the art of obedience even when authorities aren't right. And we don't just need this while we're young. We need it while we're growing, and we need it while we're adults. Obedience is part of maturity. Referees are not always right. But the game requires obedience, or it turns into chaos. Teachers aren't always right. Bosses aren't always right. Government isn't always right. But obedience is right, except and unless obedience requires breaking a greater command of God. And so this first command to children, and all of us are children, is to obey. In the home, we obey our parents, and then as we move out, we obey the other authority figures and ultimately God. Do not let your independence and pride destroy the godly characteristics of obedience in your life. Learn it young, and it will impact your whole life for good. The second command to children is to honor your parents. And honor is more than obedience. It's treating them as something special and honorable and worthy of respect. And again, I want to point out that it is the right thing to do. It's not based, and I hear this a lot from people, well, I don't have to honor and respect my parents because they're not worthy of honor and respect. No, the Bible says it's the right thing to do. The Bible teaches that we offer honor and respect to all authority figures. You go through the scripture and you'll see it. We offer it to, to parents and to kings and to governors and to all who lead. It's not as much about them as it is about who I am. Honor and respect are part of the Christian character. So even if your parents aren't fully worthy of honor and respect, and no parent really is, even if they're not, you find ways to honor and respect them. It's harder to do the less honorable they are, but it's still the right thing to do. And Paul adds this, it is the first command with the promise, going back to the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, honor and respect, learn those in your life, and they contribute to a long and healthy life here on earth. So the two words to children, Paul says, and, and all of us are children. So this is not just a six-year-old's. The, the Jesus way of parenting to children is to obey and to honor and to build those into who we are. And then Paul gives a word to parents, and he gives a don't, and he gives a do. 
They're both equally important. And so he says to parents, don't frustrate your children. I like the NIV word here, don't exasperate them. I also like the New American Standard Bible here, don't provoke them to anger. Don't frustrate them with your inconsistency or your hypocrisy or take out your anger on them or fail to be there for them. Your children need you. And they need you to be solid people of character who love them and treat them right every day. Children shouldn't have to worry about, am I going to face drunk dad or sober dad today? It scares them to death. It messes them up. They never feel comfortable in their home. They shouldn't have to worry about, is mom in a good mood today? Or is this one of those days in which mom is mad at the world? That just exasperates them and frustrates them, puts way too much responsibility on the child. They need a mom and a dad who are stable and consistent and real and live like Jesus every day so they can grow up in that sense of stability. I need help. Will I be told to shut up? Or will I get the help that I need? Are dad and mom there for me? Are they so concerned with their own lives and their own jobs and their own issues that they treat me like I'm a nuisance? Will mom and dad show me how to live life? Or will they just tell me to do it when I don't have a clue? There are so many things we do that frustrate and exasperate and provoke our children to anger giving them rules and regulations without loving them is just going to exasperate them i learned early on it was in the class dawn and i took before we ever had children and i've hung on to this rules without a relationship will lead to rebellion every time Mom and dad say, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and there's no loving relationship underlying it. They will rebel. Maybe behind your back, maybe after they leave home, but rules without a relationship lead to rebellion. It just provokes people to anger. So don't frustrate them. And the best way to avoid that is not so much what you do or what you don't do, but who you are. If you are, again, I keep coming back to this, because if you are a solid and growing disciple of Jesus, your children are going to get what they need from you, what they need to see in you, and they will know who you really are, and they will know that they are loved, and they will know that they can get help, and they will know that they can talk to you. Anything less than being a real man or woman of God. And you end up just exasperating your children. Now, by the way, this is true even when your children leave the house. They still need parents who are solid and mature and growing believers. You may not have much direct authority over them like you used to, and that's a hard transition for every parent, but you still provide much of the stability and the maturity and the wisdom that they need even when they don't admit it. And so it, it never changes. 
Don't frustrate. Let your kids know who you are and put it into practice by living it. I am a believer in and a follower of Jesus Christ, and I want to do that in every aspect of my life. And your children need to see that. And I've known many young men and women in their 20s and 30s who, after some time of rebellion, came back to faith in Christ. And in big part, it was because of what mom and dad taught them when they were young and what they continued to see in mom and dad in later years. So don't frustrate your children by being anything less than a man or woman of God. Now, now, now that's the don't. The do is to train them and do it in all of the ways of the Lord. Your primary job is not food and clothing and shelter, though that's part of it. Your primary job is training your children to be disciples of Jesus in every way. And by the way, don't boil that down to I need to teach them the Bible. Because it's a whole lot more than teaching the Bible. That's part of it. And a church can help with that, though it's still your job. It's teaching them and training your children by your actions and by your words what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus. It's everything they need to know. And parents, that's our job. It's everything they need to know in the context of Christian discipleship. And so everything that you're teaching them to do in your life, you're teaching them to do as a disciple of Jesus. Let me give you some examples. You teach them how to work to the best of their ability. Not for pride in family, this is what Marslinders do, but because of pride in God. Everything that we do is an offering to God. So we give them our best, whether it's schoolwork or your chores or your first job or your, your second job. You do and you offer your best because Christians do that. And so you model that and you explain that to them and it's like on-the-job training as you go along. You teach them how to treat neighbors and you teach them how to even treat enemies. That person may not think like us. That person may not look like us. That person may not even speak our language, but that person is made in the image of God and is loved by God, so we will love them. And when you do that, they see it, and you explain to them the why you do this. And it's not about me because I'm such a good man. It's about because I'm a follower of Jesus, and that's what Jesus has taught me, and that's how I want you to treat people. You teach your kids to take care of their stuff because everything we have is a gift from God and we honor God, therefore, by taking care of our toys, our rooms, our house, our car, even the earth. It's stewardship, good management of what God has given us. It's not just a family rule, clean your room. It's because God has given us this house. And we thank God for it, and we want it to last, and so we take good care of it. In everything you do, you're training your children to be disciples and followers of Jesus. You teach them to be involved in church life. Catch the difference, not just go to church. You teach them to be involved in church life because you want to show them we are part of God's team, and we want His work to prosper. And so we as a family are going to get off the bench and get into the game and serve God. 
And so your children need to see you, and then they need to hear from you. Why do you work in the nursery? Why are you working with children? Why do you referee basketball? Why do you give out food on, on Wednesdays? Why do you work in, in Mission of Mercy? Why do you teach an adult class? Because we're part of God's people and God's team. We don't just go to church. We are the church, and we're involved in church, and you want your kids to see that. You teach them how to handle money God's way. Not because you're greedy, because Christians aren't. So, so they need to know that you're giving to God and that you spend wisely and that you save and that you're generous with other people and that we don't spend what we don't have because we are content with what God has given us. So you understand what I'm doing? It's not just saying teach the Bible, memorize John 3, 16 and Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It's I'm training you to be a believer in and a follower of Jesus. And that involves first your example and then your explanation. This is what we do. This is why we do what we do. And the why is because we're followers of Jesus. Now, a good church can help you with that. But it's the job of the parent. I've known too many, and so have you. Drive up to church, send your kids to Sunday school, and go on about your day. Go get coffee, go watch football, go to your job. You're teaching your children exactly what you don't want. When you're an adult, you don't have to be involved in church anymore. It's a kid's thing. And so you model it, you show it. You're there. And you live for Jesus and you let them know why. So all that you do and say, not just on Sunday morning, all that you do and say is part of the training of children in the ways of the Lord. So what am I asking you to do with this teaching? Two things. And I'm sure you picked these up. Number one, I want you to work yourself on the two foundations your Christ-like character and your relationship. And it's never too late. I've known 70 and 80-year-old grandparents who through their example and their words led their children and their grandchildren to faith in Jesus. So don't think oh, they're out of the house. Man, I wish I knew this 25, 30 years ago, which is what I often hear from people. You start today to make sure you are a man of God and a woman of God and that your husband-wife relationship is strong. And then you trust that God's going to use that. You work on the foundations. And then number two, I'm going to ask you to do something specific. Plan or pray an event or a lesson that will teach your family the way of the Lord. Now, the calendar is working in our, in, in our favor for this. Try and do Thanksgiving in a way that is not just about turkey, but is about thanking God. And by the way, do it before you put the turkey on the table. I used to hate that. Turkey's on the table, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, it's all on the table. And then someone would say, let's all go around the table and thank God for something. And everybody has to say something different. And you're looking at that turkey, and it's getting cold. <laughs> Do a better job of planning than that, okay? 
but plan something. Christmas is coming up. Man, what a better way to, to, to take some time and talk about the real meaning of Christmas. It's God came down from heaven to earth because he loved us, and you find a way to communicate that, not just who's giving what to whom at, at Christmas and how are we going to decorate the house and what are we going to do. You find a way. Use these things to teach what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So parents of all ages, I've given you a job. You accept the call today to train your children and your grandchildren, and some of you have great-grandchildren. After you're done thanking God for them, you accept the responsibility. It is my job to pass on the truths of God, not just the, the, the verses in the Word, but the how-tos of living life for Jesus. I'm going to show them. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to pray for them, I'm going to love them, and I'm not going to give that job up until the day God calls me home. Parents, be parents. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net, or you can call us at 623-932-2723. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family.